Hey everyone. Along with some very helpful tools for reducing the unsatisfying distractions of social media and the internet, today's book also contains a minefield of cliches and other methods that sound good but fail to be attached to any cited research. So I'm here to navigate us through all of that. This is Dopamine Detox by Thibaut Maurice. And this is The Book Pile. A podcast about the best of books and the worst of books. If this is your first time to the podcast, welcome. And maybe suggest checking out our back catalog of over 160 episodes on as many books, most of which include my co-host David Vance, but not today. I'm Kellen Erskine. I'm a comic, a father, and I am also a very judgmental father, but only in very specific circumstances. Like when I'm playing with my kids on a playground and another dad is just scrolling through his phone on a park bench. It's a fantasy of mine to one day slap that thing out of his hands, tell him to go play with his toddler, and then get beat up very self-righteously. As usual, Dave is out this week. Uh, he's off stealing cars, not even to resell them for cash, just because he doesn't believe that machines should be owned by humans. He told me that over the phone one time, and then I told him that a phone was sort of like a machine. And then I just heard a windy sound, which I think means that he threw his Galaxy S20 off a cliff. Anyway, Dave will be back next week for an episode that I'm very excited about when we will discuss the Great Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and simultaneously roast Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. And if you haven't read Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator recently, I highly recommend that you revisit it or at least read the synopsis on Wikipedia before that episode because it is bananas. It's not entertaining or good. It's just bananas. Like, in a way, it seems like Roald Dahl just wrote it all in one sitting with no plan and then just shoved the whole manuscript into an envelope with his middle finger and mailed it off to Penguin Random House for the check. But I'll save the rest of those jokes for next week. Real quick, before we get to today's book, if you want to see me live, I'm going to be in San Diego, well, the San Diego area, doing a run of shows with a very funny Colin Moulton the week of Valentine's Day. I believe that a couple of those shows are uh, all ages, but uh, I would confirm with the websites before purchasing tickets. Also, I'll be in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, at Rumors Comedy Club, June 11th through the 15th. I told you that I'd have more dates coming, and I do. <laughs> and I promise I'll also be performing between February and June, and I'll plug those as they come. Go to kellenerskin.com for tickets. All right, and without further ado, here are some helpful tips, along with some jokes laced with criticism for the book Dopamine Detox. So if you can't tell so far... I only half recommend reading or listening to this book. It is available for purchase in the description of this episode, but I always want to be honest about book suggestions, and I say don't waste an audible credit on this one if you only have one credit left for the month. It is a very short listen, which is actually how I found it, because it's number one on Amazon's list of best short self-help books, which is exactly how I specified my search it's only an hour long on Audible, which if you're like me and go at at least double speed for nonfiction, you'll get it done in a half hour. And if you're like Dave, who somehow cranks it up to three and a half speed, you'll get through it in, what is that, like 90 seconds? 
I don't know how he does it. Anyway, I'll tell you everything you need to know from this book right here, because there was some interesting stuff. But then a good like 60 to 70% of it just seemed like it was research from BuzzFeed slideshows about how to stop your smartphone addiction. Which again, I'm not against. I just don't need it in a half cobbled together cash grab of a book. So <laughs> in the third chapter, he says, quote, This book is the first book in the productivity series. Book number two is called Immediate Action, a seven-day plan to... And he just goes off and plugs four of his other books. Like, out of the gate. (laughs) Can you imagine if other books started that way? Like, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was a time when some people read Oliver Twist and still others would purchase Nicholas Nickleby. You could also get both for half price if you bought them as a set. It was a time when people would read longer books like Bleak House, or the impatient ones would pick up A Christmas Carol. Also, it was the epic of belief and the epic of incredulity. Like, plugging the names of your other books at the beginning of one of your books is like Jason Derulo singing the words Jason Derulo. Anyway, one of the first things that did ring true to me in this book, as well as unsettling, was this paragraph. Quote, Your focus is a scarce asset, which is why marketers spend billions of dollars to attract your attention. Many apps are designed to hook you. The more time you spend on their platforms, the more money they make. Perhaps one of the greatest recent discoveries has been notifications. So this is one of the things that triggers uh, dopamine, that the anticipation of what's on the other side of that notification so that I have to click it even if I'm in the middle of a conversation. We all know that person. It's almost every person. It's like what Dave has mentioned before, that uh, one way to have a very successful product is to make it addictive. And this is a way to heighten that addiction with these notifications. So because of this book, I actually turned off all, all my notifications for social media on my phone. So now my notifications are narrowed down to just text and email which I know are still dopamine triggers. It's not a completely clean break, but I like to think of it as how I cut eating sugar from eight days a week down to uh, just one or two. So I'm at least doing better than I was before. Uh, Halfway through the book, Maurice, uh, he drops this bomb. Quote, scientifically speaking, dopamine detox is incorrect. (laughs) as it seems to imply that you're releasing too much dopamine into your system. So even the title of this book uh, is shady. (laughs) And real quick, just to clarify, as a non-scientist, non-chemist, non-doctor, non-specialist who reads books and believes some of them, from what I understand... Dopamine isn't to be confused with endorphins or like serotonin, which are more like longer lasting feel good chemicals. Dopamine is more of like a burst of motivation, a feeling of rewardment, like how I just felt about making up the word rewardment. No, it's it's that temporary rewarding feeling that you get as you're working out, as you are doing that activity that motivates you to further do. It's the anticipation of a reward at the end, but apparently it can start running our lives in negative ways 
uh, when we get hits of it by like scrolling through a video feed. I'm really generalizing here, but the point is dopamine doesn't know what's good or bad. It just does its job showing up during stimulating activities, whether you're exercising or inhaling nicotine. And it's at least partially responsible for giving you that artificial fleeting hope that these next clips on Instagram reels are going to be so good. You can't miss them like the ones you haven't gotten to yet. So just keep scrolling because this is so much better than anything you could possibly be paying attention to in the world like your family or all the cars you're currently driving around. I do like this quote from the book. Excitement is not the same thing as fulfillment. Maurice says, the next time you find yourself spending your time mindlessly scrolling, just ask yourself afterwards, how much did I actually benefit from doing this? Was the time spent in a meaningful way? Did it enhance the quality of my life? And I get that there's always a time for that, but I'm saying, like, maybe ask yourself that. Not when you're winding down at the end of the day, but maybe if it, if you got caught in the middle of the day when you were supposed to be doing something productive, like homework or surgery. And speaking of quality of life, have you made sure to drink seven gallons of water today? I... <laughs> I'm kidding, but it does seem to be the current advice. At least Stanley Cup wants you to think so. But seriously, here are a, a handful of extremely helpful distraction fighting tools recommended in this book. Uh, one that I now use because of this book is a Chrome extension you can get for free called DFTube. It's not super user-friendly, but once you get it added to your browser and configured, uh, you can customize it to the point where the next time you open YouTube, like with a purpose or something, you're, you've got a mission to search something, all you'll see on the YouTube page is the YouTube search bar. So no algorithmically designed home screen to get you to watch nine other things and make you forget what you were looking for in the first place. I have it block everything, including autoplay when the clip is over. It blocks, uh, you can't even see anyone's comments on anything, which is great because social media comments are the downfall of society. Dave also introduced me to a fantastic app called OneSec, which once installed on your phone, it delays the opening of apps of your choice once you click on them. And it forces you, it like takes you through this animated breathing exercise and makes you have to take one extra step to click one more time. Like, are you sure you really want slash need to do this right now? Another bit of software that the book recommends, and I know that Dave uses it too, or at least has in the past, is called Freedom, and it essentially blocks your access to the internet during scheduled times, time that you schedule, which is ironic because uh, North Korea blocks the internet at all times. So who's the most free? We'll never know. Also, there are plenty of other tools uh, to help you curb your online addictions. And feel free to uh, mention your favorites in a comment on our Patreon this week. And one more note on this real quick, because this is something that Dave and I have discussed on more than one episode, this idea of making bad habits harder to get to and the good habits easier to get to. Uh, the book, he calls this introducing friction. So for example, if you're counting calories because of a New Year's resolution, but you've got a full package of Oreos sitting on your kitchen counter, I suggest that you eat that entire thing of Oreos because then they'll be gone and they won't tempt you anymore. I think I should write a book. I just came up with that off the top of my head. Maurice also recommends not getting on your phone first thing in the morning because that's the easy thing to do, right? Uh, but it doesn't always snowball into the most productive day after that. Instead, 
He recommends getting to work on the hardest task of the day first, which again, isn't news, but I do think it's worth echoing because it's something that has worked for me, like doing the hardest thing first, or at least the thing that I least want to do, which honestly is getting out of bed. So I start each day pretty productive, <laughs> but no, doing this, I, I feel like it unlocks sort of a, this motivation door. He also recommends getting off of a to-do list on your phone and just using a physical pen and physical paper. And, and I have actually found this to be helpful as well. I like to list the five or so most important things that I need to get done that day in order of priority. And I often couldn't even tell you what that priority is going to be until I force myself to rank them after having written them down down. And then I also often find that that fifth thing, that last thing could be done tomorrow. Did I say fifth? I may have meant 25th. All right. And now for some quotes that I'd like to make fun of from the book. At the end of most of the chapters, he has these little exercises like homework for the reader. But one of them says, quote, one reason we like distractions is because they help us to not think about our fears. Write down what your fears are and then that's it. The the next chapter just starts. I'm like, what? What do I do with these? Are you just reminding me of everything I'm scared of? <laughs> Imagine you go to the doctor and he's like, uh, so what seems to be the problem? And you tell him your problem. And then he just leaves. Actually, I guess I've sort of had that happen before. Uh, another exercise reads like this. What are you addicted to? And then he pauses in the audible version of the book, I guess, waiting for your confession. And then eventually asks, does it really make you happy? Which was funny because I answered with spending time with my wife and kids. And I don't know what this next one means, but it sounds like a guy who has never practiced mindfulness or meditation. And he's telling you what he thinks it's supposed to be. He says, quote, the next time you go for a walk, observe things around you as if for the first time, see things you've never seen before, hear sounds you've never heard before, smell fragrances you've never smelled before. It's like, what? I don't know how to do. Am I supposed to go to another planet? And then finally, here's my favorite one. Quote, the 24-hour detox is like the 48-hour detox, except that it is, by definition, shorter. <laughs> this is like how, you remember when AI-generated sentences used to not make sense, but now they've graduated to where the sentences make sense, but half of them are meaningless or redundant? I'm just glad he didn't try to describe the differences between the 36 and 72 hour detoxes. And I realize now I never even got to the detox part of it, but it's pretty much what you can imagine. There's a chapter or two which collectively span three quarters of a page where he talks about going on these sort of uh, phone fasts or uh, dopamine fasts, where you disconnect from your phone, you don't watch anything uh, on any screens, you don't even listen to music. even brings up an example of a friend of his that goes on these retreats where for 10 days, you don't even talk to anyone. You leave your phone at home. You know, these retreats that are for rich people with no kids or pets or jobs or friends or plans or obligations. Good for them. But he brings it up so then he can be like, 
So imagine how much easier 24 hours is after you've thought of 10 days, which is by definition more. All right, but to end all this on a positive note, I like this short list of things he recommends for developing a daily habit for what uh, the author Cal Newport would call deep work, where you give yourself time every day for complete distraction-free sessions of work, which allows for a stronger cognitive function. Number one, be at the same place, the same time every day. Number two, choose a trigger, which I think means like a, a ritual, like making tea, something to promote the start of this new habit with a positive action. Number three, get started. Number four, eliminate distractions. Stay away from the internet. And number five, work continuously without interruptions. He recommends a 45-minute bursts with a 5 to 15-minute break. I know this isn't feasible for everyone, but take it up with him. Just know that he won't get back to you if it's in the middle of his 45 minutes. I do want to mention, though, that for me personally, um, I find that sometimes around the 45-minute mark is when things start rolling. So it is nice when you have the, if you do have the luxury uh, to be able to work for two to three hours uh, at a time. That's what I find more optimal. And finally, circling back to the beginning, I liked this quote. The world is working against you. Your focus is worth a lot of money to a lot of companies. But remember, it's worth a lot of money to you, too. And I am surprised that he didn't add something like, and $10 is by definition worth more than $5. And 20 Thanks for listening. Again, come back next week when me and Dave appreciate Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and annihilate that great glass elevator. <laughs>